Hi, and welcome to the Cans Across the World podcast with me, Sean. This is episode 63, and this is definitely the first time that I recorded that little intro there. <laughs> so you're probably wondering to yourself why I'm talking on my own, and there's nobody else talking with me. It's because Stu, Stu's off this week, and if you're a wee bit raging about that, I mean, maybe you've, you've grabbed something close to you, you know, you've uh, grabbed a mug, Say you've grabbed a mug, you've grabbed a cup or pint glass even, and you've thought to yourself, ah, stuck with Sean this week. Fuck's sake, I was looking forward to a good podcast. You've hurled it at your TV and you're just going, you know what, I'm going to build cans across the world. Let me circumvent all that, right? It wasn't us. It wasn't us, did that? We didn't break your TV. You know, relax. Relax, calm down. Breathe. Bring yourself back down to a three. Seek uh, counselling. Seek a wee bit of advice. We're not paying for your TV. Get over it. Still be back next week. So he's taking himself off for his birthday. <laughs> just uh, So he's taking himself off for his birthday. He's just going to unwind, relax, and he's got himself a jacuzzi. Legit, no joke, he's got himself a jacuzzi uh, to sit in, and he's got pretty fingers. He's looking out over his land, uh, champagne in hand, and just looking out and saying, life is fine. Life is grand, you know. It's going to be good. It's going to be all right. We're getting out of lockdown. The sun's coming out occasionally when it's not torrential rain. It's a bit mad. The past couple of days it's been torrential rain followed by a tiny bit of sunshine back to torrential rain. But a snow... And then back to sun again, and it's just fucking all over the place. So we can't call it, but what you can call is a beer podcast. We'll have a beer. So today's beer, do you like that wee segue? So today's beer then is Galway Hooker Mango New England IPA, and this is a 5.3 ABV. It's called Seafarer Series, and to be fair, I should really look into what that means, because... Uh, I'd imagine maybe it's part of their line or something. Like uh, if it's not their core range, then maybe this is like a special range or something like that there. But this is the first beer I've had by uh, Galway Hooker, like brewery. Um, so I'm going to check into them after this and see what the crack is. Um, I've cracked the can already and I've poured it in the glass because I don't trust myself. Every time I do that, right, any time I pour a beer into glass, just frosts up and goes nuts. Um, so I uh, decided get it done beforehand and just let it let it settle. So here we go in for a sniffer test then. Mmm, yeah. It's quite uh, citrusy on the nose and a lot of tropical notes there as well. Quite piney. Uh, smells like a wee forest. Uh, not really getting a whole pile of mango, but it does have the mango sort of freshness to it. Um. The likes of, I remember we had Mangoes Barefoot by La Cata Brewery. That was lovely. And we had it the way the locals drank it too, because uh, when you're in Port Rush, you sit on the beach, right? You sit out in the, the not, not the North Strand, the West Strand. Could be wrong here. Port Rush people, correct me, please. Uh, but you sit on the beach anyway. You have yourself a nice wee beer and just look out onto the ocean and think to yourself, life is grand. <laughs> but anyway, let's get in. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, there's a lot of 
a lot of tropical notes there, a lot of pineapple and citrus and just a wee explosion of nice sort of juicy flavours. But nothing, like, there's no real mango. I'm not getting any mango, has to be said. Not a whole pile of mango anyway, just a real sort of hint to it. But it's kind of like having a Batman movie with like Batman in it. It's just a bit strange that way, you know, but first impressions, aye, that's pleasant. That's a really nice, nice wee, uh, nice wee drink there. So I can't complain about that. Yeah. How's things been going with yourselves? Like it's been gradually returned to normal for me. I was back at work. So uh, my work has opened up a beer garden. So obviously if you know where I work, you'll know that we can't open our main centers till like 10th of August. Um, don't know if I should mention the name on here, uh, but if you know that this company opened up a beer garden, you'll be able to work it out for yourself. Um, but it's uh, fantastic. It really is. It's a great setup. Uh, like it's two big marquees and you've got two bars at the opposite ends. Um, everything's ordered through the app as well. So you're not like dealing with cash. You're not having to go up to the bar, stand and wait for a drink. At the risk of like infecting other people or getting infected yourself, um, cashless bar and stuff like that. So everything goes through the B Express app on your phone. So you sit at your table then, uh, order your wee food and drink, and then everything's brought down to you. Bob's your uncle. All the staff are wearing PPE uh, to keep them safe and you safe as well. So yeah, that's been fun. Like it's really, uh, it's incredible to be a part of because this is a really historic time. So we're starting to get a lot of firsts. Like this hasn't been done before. Like, like nobody's fucking opened a bar after a pandemic before. Um, well, especially, well, maybe the Spanish flu uh, in the 20s. But it wasn't really something that we would have been affected by, I don't think. I guess like, Maybe prohibition and stuff like that as well, but to be fair, I have done no research into any of that. I'm just kind of spitballing, but I'd imagine after prohibition, like, people were, well, they weren't fucking using apps or anything like that. So I don't know where that train of thought's going, <laughs> or if it even left the station. But, uh, yeah, it's been different. It's been definitely different now. So been working away in the bar, and I went shopping. The last day as well, clothes shopping for the first time in months. I'd say easily five months because two months before lockdown, I hadn't gone shopping. I think the last time I went was uh, January, give or take, uh, just before the ski holiday. Well, snowboard holiday, really. But uh, that was the last time I went. And then I went last week, I went clothes shopping for the first time there, so noticed a lot of things because I decided to myself, I'm going to wear a mask. I'm going to start wearing masks to shops and sort of public places because um, I'm going to be wearing masks and stuff from work anyway, so I might as well get used to it. Anyway, this way there I am, I'm walking downtown in my mask. Um, starting to feel a bit weird because like majority of people aren't wearing masks and I don't want to be the guy to go, everybody should wear a mask. Because it's really, I, I I don't know if it's like one of those things that's going to make a difference to anybody yet. Like if it actually does anything, because uh, 
all the guidelines seem to change all the time. Like WHO said before, like, uh, oh yeah, wearing masks, it actually does nothing. Like it just stops you spreading the disease if you already have it. And then they were saying uh, just a couple of days ago, they put out like a video like saying, oh yeah, everybody should wear a mask. And you're just like, well, which one is it? I mean, I know we don't know what we're doing here, lads. I know we're like making it up on the fly, but there's a lot of confusing information. So it's kind of hard for people to get on board with word or don't when the fucking government are telling us like, do do one thing one day and then something completely different another. But anyway, I've made the choice to wear masks in any public place. Um, so I, I went downtown anyway, <laughs> and I went to, uh, I was going to the clothes shop, and I noticed there was like the two meter markers outside, so they go on around the corner in this clothes shop. Um, so you're standing there two meters apart from the person in front, two meters behind, even though they're right there's fucking markers. Like, people don't know what two meters is. They haven't got a fucking clue. And it's like, they're coming up behind you and going, excuse me, sir, can I uh, breathe down your neck? And you're like, no, man, fuck off. Like, just see where you are now. Take three steps back. <laughs> so there's that there going anyway. Um, eventually, when you get up to the door then, there's two staff on. So there's the staff outside the door who manages the traffic. Um, so they're saying like wait two seconds just till someone else leaves or you know land on in sort of thing and head up to the left all that kind of good stuff then you're in the store but uh, there's somebody else there just to tell you to wash your hands I like do a wee bit of sanitizing by so you head on over to your wee sanitizing station lash a bit of that on you um, your hands are nice and clean then, so on you go, do your business. Um, not do your business, like push everywhere, like, but sort of go and do your shopping, just enjoy yourself. And it was actually a really pleasant experience. Brought all the stuff I was buying up to the counter, and the staff were all protected by like screens and stuff. Um, so it felt like you were going into a bank, which is kind of weird, because uh, I was wearing a mask. It felt like I was in like a western or something like that, just fucking going... I stick your hands up. I want these pants. <laughs> I want these fucking knickers for free. Stick them in the bag. <laughs> stick the knickers in a tote bag. Uh, yeah, so that was exciting. Not really. Like, it was just buying socks, t-shirt, a shirt, that sort of thing. It wasn't, like, holding the place up or anything. Like, it was uh, Jesse James. But uh, on it went anyway. So they were all protected by screens. And then... There was Louie, uh, like, sort of contactless payment as well. Um, then packed all my stuff, went downstairs, out the door, but then there's two staff on the door going out as well, just to get you to uh, wash your hands. And then they were monitoring people leaving as well, just to make sure that they uh, have the correct numbers in the store and stuff. So pretty cool, like. But uh, I stuck my wee experience on Facebook anyway, just so... People can sort of see that the stores are all managing the stuff very, very well. And the only weird thing about the whole experience was uh, my own anxiety, I think, because I uh, 
going into the store, I was just thinking, people are fucking animals. Like, especially, uh, well, I'll say Primark. <laughs> especially in Primark, because uh, anybody knows, if you've been in there and it's on like a Saturday before, it's chaos. Like, there's just people on top of you and reaching over you and fucking everywhere. And at the best, at best of times, people are just fucking terrible like just real real melters to deal with um but this time it was well managed and there was none of that stuff going on numbers were class i felt I actually did feel like michael jackson because i was wearing a face mask i was a wee bit pasty because i haven't really been out in the sun too much because i've been indoors so i had a really pale white skin and basically i had the whole chap to myself uh, as well, which is one of the things that he would have done back in the day. Just kick everybody out of the shop. Toys R Us. Stuff like that. So that was my first shopping experience post-lockdown, and if I'm honest, I really enjoyed it. It was class crack. I enjoyed the space and tranquility of just dandering about the shop with uh, nobody else around me. And obviously uh, the little things as well, like I didn't have any prams being rammed into the back of my ankles every two seconds by just angry people with prams. Like they're just out there, uh, you know, yourself. It always happens because you're just like looking up at a, a wee shirt or something. You're just thinking to yourself, oh, Jesus, and I shirt there. Ah! And then pram into the back of the ankle. You know, you're getting a wee, wee dink just because this person's having a bad day. They're just thinking, I'm going to fuck up somebody else's day just because it's wins driving me fucking mental going about the shop but there you go that's probably not the case at all like it's it's probably not nefarious i mean every time a pram's rammed into an ankle i'm sure it's uh, i'm sure it's totally innocent and not nefarious at all or maybe it is maybe they're all out there maybe they're just like looking for me or sean He's in Kansas across the world. I'm going to ruin his ankles. But anyway, that was my shopping experience. That was lovely. Up the staff. They did very well in uh, reassuring me and making sure everything went well. And hopefully, if you listen to the podcast or if you follow us on social media, you can see it's totally fine. Get out there and support your local business because without your cash, they can't do fuck all. But obviously you're probably a wee bit nervous as well, which is understandable. Global pandemic and all that stuff. But I we went for a drink as well. Me and Darren went to uh, Ulster Sports Club. We went out for lunch. We had uh, chicken burgers and chips and wee pints. So the Ulster Sports Club then, the crack with them is they don't actually have a kitchen. And stipulations of opening post-lockdown is you have this like supply a like a substantial meal like for all your customers if they're coming in to have a drink so each bar's uh definition of substantial meal is very different have a wee look about there's a uh, one bar i've seen which is, uh, is doing a sharing platter which is basically grapes and slices of fucking pepperami <laughs> um I'll not mention any names. I, I don't want to... Because I absolutely love that bar as well. So I have no bother going there. But unfortunately, uh, if there's no good food there, if they've not teamed up with someone, 
to get good munching. And Tony just go there and eat, eat that shit sort of thing. So Ulster Sports Club uh, teamed up with Cockburger, um, which is a chicken burger sort of restaurant, I think. Maybe they're in the National or something like that. I'm not sure where they are exactly, but uh, oh my God, it was unbelievable. So uh, we both had the same thing, more or less. So I had the chili cheese chicken burger, which was like a fried chicken thigh in a brioche bun, uh, iceberg lettuce, cheese, jalapeno, and mayo. And, oh, fucking cook day perfection. Really crispy, like, crispy chicken thigh. Um, like, think of just a really, really good KFC and think uh, if KFC was actually really tasty like this is way beyond the best fucking chicken you've ever had um and it, it was the first it was the first uh, meal I've had out at a restaurant as well like folks lockdown so I guess there was a lot of like nostalgia to it maybe I'm just like going oh fuck I love eating outside like outside the house this is a uh, you know, if this is the first thing I've had since maybe January. Maybe the first meal I've had outdoors since January. Because I remember I really started getting in, into like home cooking and stuff anyway in about February. Yeah, so maybe January or something like that. But anyway, as a side, I had the katsu curry fries and they were unbelievable as well. Um, but of course, if you have your, uh, your food then, you have to have your pints. So... For drinks, uh, he just had like pints of Heineken, but I, I had three pints of Headband, which is an American Pale Ale by Verdant Brune. Um, oh, geez, that was lovely as well. Just having actual pints again instead of just cans or bottles. Just such a difference in the taste. Uh, but I made some notes anyway. Obviously, I won't be doing a full review or anything because uh, that's in the past, but... There was a wee aroma of mosaic hops on it, um, a wee citrus, orange, pineapple, and like a malty kind of vibe to it as well. On the tongue, uh, it had like a bitter orange taste with juicy pineapple, mango, more mosaic, uh, a wee bit of like a weedy beer sort of flavour as well, and grapefruit. Um, absolutely gorgeous. It was really nice. It was really, really fresh, uh, lightly caramelated and really just juicy and really pleasant. Really went well with the chicken as well. Um, so I gave it a four out of five on my wee untapped episode. It was that nice. But there you go. That was my first experience. And what I noticed was uh, the only weird thing, again, just like the shopping experience, the only th- weird thing about it was me. And my own anxiety of uh, reintegrating into society, I think. More or less, I had the opinion that, uh, oh, fucking, it's going to be chaos. Like, there's going to be no seats. There's going to be, like, no way to get in anywhere and all this kind of stuff. But I got down to the bar, greeted at the door by the bouncer who brought us to uh, the server. Server took us to the table. And we sat down, and then it was table service. Um, anytime the glass was sort of quarter full, like the bar staff came over and was like, 
he's okay. Would you like another one? And then off he goes, pours you a wee pint, comes back with a contact this card option. And it's fantastic. It really is. And you find yourself uh, enjoying yourself. You, you're sitting there, you're really engaged in the conversation with your pal. And uh, like you're, you're not thinking, fuck, we spent three months in the house, locked down. And you're not thinking about, oh, fuck, there's a disease out there. Oh, shit. Global pandemic. You're not thinking about any of that. All you're thinking about is, I'm having a delicious pint with my mate and it's fantastic we just had a really nice lunch these bar staff are fantastic and you're not thinking about why like <laughs> you're not even like I didn't even think uh, like oh fuck he's wearing a mask everybody's wearing a mask you know all the staff are wearing masks and they're constantly sanitizing the place I think subconsciously I was probably thinking about that and on some level like Maybe that's why I felt so at ease and secure and happy. Um, just that all these wee tiny things were being taken care of by the staff. And the staff made us feel like we did when we used to go to bars, like just, just fucking normally. It just felt like normal. I didn't have any anxieties about like, oh fuck, I'm going to leave here sick today. Or anything like that, you know, and it was, it was fucking incredible. So I'd recommend, within reason, I'd like everybody to get, just get out to bars. Just support your local businesses. Start fucking throwing money at them. Because um, Lord knows we've saved a bit. Or should have saved a bit anyway. I know I was buying like needless stuff uh, during lockdown. Um, and then obviously we're on furlough as well. So uh, personally, like I, I wasn't on full pay and stuff like that there. So wee bit scant but all I could say was uh, definitely just try and put on your mask put on your protective PPE just get out there and support your local businesses for sure Um, so again as I did with the shopping experience I posted like a photo on Facebook just saying about my bar experience as well and how lovely it was but then Lauren uh, McGowan like commented saying they had a different experience, so she went to two bars, her and her pals, they went to Bootleggers in Belfast. She says, went to Bootleggers at first, was very dead on, just showed up, saw a free table outside, plopped ourselves down, and they had table service, which was quick and easy. Then they went down to Fibbers in Dublin, not as easy. The table bookings were awkward, and they eventually got relocated a handful of times, but the staff were nice about it. Table service wasn't too quick. And I got snapped at for asking at the bar. That's actually something I've noticed uh, working in the, the bar, like, through my work. People still come up to the bar, even though it is table service. And they'll try and, uh, they'll try and order a drink at the bar. And you're just, you know, please just have a wee seat. Um, somebody will be over. We're just trying to follow all the, the processes here because at the minute, like, we're not supposed to have people congregating at the bar and stuff like that. Um, so that's something that's a wee bit frustrating. Um, I think once people have a couple of drinks, they can tend to forget what's been happening. Again, like, it comes with that kind of comfortability as well. I mean, I know I just said, like, I felt very comfortable in Ulster Sports Club. 
I was having a really good time having a wee pint and all. I would say, yeah, that makes sense that they would get snapped at because Dublin being being busy, like uh, Fibbers and stuff get there as well. That's a very busy bar, very popular bar. So I'd imagine like staff having to deal with that all the time. I can get a wee bit jarring and they can get a wee bit short with you. But she says that it was worth noting in Bootleggers in Belfast, she had a pint of Guinness, a pint of Hop House and a pint of Chieftain IPA. Um, so she was considerably blocked. Just had a wee uh, lovely sip there. Still going down nicely. And then she says, since we had to make the most of our time at Fibbers, we had far too many Jack and Coke pitchers. Didn't get me as blocked. Odd, still, I'll be taking a break because I for- forgot how expensive pubs are. That's fair enough. <laughs> um, well, it's hard to get blocked when you're already blocked. I think maybe in that case, you've probably got yourself on the level, haven't you? Like, There's always that sweet point where uh, you can just drink and drink and drink and you're just going to stay on the same level all the time. It's class. Well, that was really interesting her because like, she has had two different ex- experiences and two different bars. So maybe some bars are better at handling it than other bars. Um, could be just down to the staff as well. It could be down to management. I know uh, our staff are unbelievable. They just come in and they just crack on with it. They're so clued in and helpful and friendly and they've been a absolute godsend during this whole thing to be honest like because they've uh, they've really had the ground running like a lot of them don't have bar experience it's their first jobs and stuff like that and they're doing really well um so yeah pure pride we pride moment but to be fair uh just coming back to people being dicks to staff do you see her about that glass glass gin <laughs> glass gin <laughs> jess glenn do you hear about that glass gin? Just smashed all over the place. Uh, no, Jess Glynn, the pub star. So she went to Sexy Fish in London, which is, uh, what I understand, it's like a high-class sort of Asian street food kind of fusion stuff. I think. I think it's like fucking sushi and it looks like sashimi and uh, tataki and all that kind of stuff. Uh, yeah, so must be sushi or something like that. Didn't really look into it, because why would you do research? Like, who does research anymore? Fuck's sakes. There she is, anyway. So she's posted this photo on Facebook, and uh, she said, tried to get into their restaurant, and they didn't let her in, because of the way she was dressed. So she naturally, as a lot of people have been doing now, instead of actually just taking a wee minute and going, how's this story going to look to the public? When I pokes it. So she's gone ahead and just fucking fucked it up on her Facebook anyway. So uh, here's what she says. Dear at Sexy Fish London. I turned up to your restaurant looking like this. And you looked at us up and down. And you said no you can't come in. And your restaurant was empty. Empty has been capitalized by the way. Just so you know. Emphasis on empty. I then went to Amazonie. Cole London, who greeted me and my friend with pure joy, and we had a banging meal with wicked service. At Sexy Fish London, please check yourself if this is how you treat people, because it's rude, off-putting, embarrassing, and most definitely not inviting. 
we made the wait and two members of staff came to look at us and made a decision based on our appearance. I think the attitude of your staff needs to change as that was pure discrimination. <sighs> Honest to fuck. Where do these people get off? Like, where is this? Where is this entitlement? Like, oh, jeez. Like, I'm, mate, I'm actually shaking with rage. <laughs> I don't know why. I think, like, knowing how people were during lockdown, I mean, a lot of people had no fucking money during lockdown. And uh, he's going to this place. And it is a nice place, too. I was having a wee look at the menu. Basically, it's uh, 18 quid. You're looking for a cocktail nearby. 18 quid, at least. And then if you want a wee highball whiskey, 20 quid a measure. Yeah, you're looking at all this kind of expense. And your signature menu dish, £87 per person. So it's not a cheap place. like. And she's rocking up with a fucking... A hoodie up, a bum bag slung over the the hoodie, fucking baseball cap on, leggings, socks pulled up into the leggings, just looking like a proper smick. Smicked out the fuck. She looks like she's uh, about to do heroin behind the bins at Tesco. You know, she's not dressed for this high class place, like, and they have a no sportswear policy, as the majority of places do. Like, like say, even scumbag spins, they have a no sportswear kind of policy as well. She wouldn't even got into spoons looking like that there, like. But there she is anyway, complaining this fucking quite expensive wee restaurant now. I mean, it's not the likes of, like, you're not rocking up the Mickey D's here. You're fucking rocking in to some fancy sushi place and you're looking like that. But she's uh, put out this thing and naturally enough, um, to my surprise, actually, people are slabbering about her. Um, I thought... No one today's like sort of cancel culture and stuff like that. There, people would be like, "Oh my god, like this is terrible, uh, per you, you know, like uh, I can't believe this restaurant has like turned you down, and you should have been allowed in." Oh, it's terrible. Let's cancel them. Let's uh, post like bad reviews and TripAdvisor about them stuff. I guess, but uh, quite the opposite actually. <laughs> the internet has turned on her. So somebody says. You're only a dog and a recorder away from performing rather be outside the restaurant with a couple full of pennies. <laughs> and then somebody else goes, dress like that, she should be performing at this high class restaurant. And uh, it's a picture of a kebab shop. <laughs> oh, okay now. But there you go. That's the entitlement to these people. But what happened then, uh, because everybody started turning on each other and she didn't get the fucking sympathy vote that she was originally looking for, um, she posted an apology video, as all these people do as well. It's just fucking, it's just pathetic, like, I mean, stick to your guns. If you're going to be a dickhead, be a dickhead. Don't apologize for it then after when people aren't in your side. I mean... If I had to do apology videos for the stuff we say in this, um, it'd be never done. It'd be apologizing all the time. I'd, I'd probably be doing an apology for some of the stuff I'd said in this. I'm on my own. When I'm allowed to roam free, you know, when it's just me in the house. You know, the parents are away. Let's wreck the place. But anyway, she posted an apology video and says, uh, 
that she shouldn't have used the word discriminated against. Um, yeah, because apparently she said she was uh, discriminated against and it was uh, it was wrong of her to say that. It's like, that's not the only thing. The, the whole thing, like your initial attitude, like nothing changes that initial point when you decide to go, oh, fuck, I'm going to post on Facebook here and uh, I'm going to try and ruin this business because they didn't let me in, despite me being the one that uh, I've seen the policy of the clothes and stuff like that I chose to go down in that dress like fucking, I'm going to collect the, collect the bins. Fuck's sake, like. But anyway, let's get away from that there and celebrity entitlement because that's a whole thing. Um, I'm going to chat this to you about it when he gets back as well because uh, there's been a bunch of stuff over lockdown. Obviously the Gal Gadot video uh, Imagine and stuff like that we, uh, we discussed where all these celebrities were saying, imagine we're all the same. It's like, oh yeah, really? That's a nice pool you've got there. I mean, I've got a pool as well. Just happens to be fucking sewer water from a clogged pipe. But there you go. Anyway, let's get out of that shit. We'll get into some questions from the listeners this week. And we've got a few of them. So let's get into them. First up then comes from Stu himself. My brother in cans. The the better half. The wind beneath my wings. So uh, what he's saying is uh, Nando's should have been open today. He must have tried to get a Nando's today. They were doing online ordering and pickup, but I wanted to sit in and eat chicken loaded with salt. Fuck's sake, Nando's. What are you doing to that man? It's his birthday week. It's birthday week, Nando's. Let let that sink in, right? Birthday week. And you're making that man go all the way down there to your restaurant. Pick up your subpar chicken. I'm not a Nando's fan, by the way, so that's why I'm saying subpar. But he's going down there, he's he's picking up your chicken and then he's having to go back to the house. And uh what's what's he doing? He's he's eating it on a one of his own plates? Like a fucking savage. Like why can't they eat it in your plates? Like you have some nice nice china. Uh it was wasn't it yellow with nice wee sort of patterns on it and stuff like that. I mean the way that man has to live Nando's, just because you don't have your restaurants open for people to sit in. The heart, the heart breaks for Stu. It really does. I mean, it's his birthday week, Nando's, and you've ruined it. I mean, he's had a hot tub, sure. He's had time to be with his wife and visit family, and he's had barbecues. He's been building his bar. He's been sorting the garden out. He's been getting his fence painted. He's been doing all that, but... All I wanted to do was just sit, just sit in your lovely restaurant and eat some chicken. He, you couldn't give him that. You couldn't give it to him. You refused, point blank. <laughs> when, <laughs> when he asked, that's all he wanted to do. I'm getting sadder by the minute. I know you should be too, Nando's. You should be, you should be ashamed of yourselves. Shocking. Just because that man wanted to come in, eat some, eat some chicken, and uh, abuse your refillable drinks, maybe he would have, he would have got a, a glass along with his beer, and they knew he would have had his beer, 
but also he's got an empty glass. So now he's going to go up and he's going to continuously fill his glass with soft drinks, even though he hasn't paid for them, Nando's. These are the things. These are the things you're uh, depriving them of. You've deprived them of options. And a man without options is a man to be reckoned with. Sort it out, Nando's. Heavily, heavily disappointed. But it's not all dim and gloom here. Uh, we're going to build. We're going to build back from the disappointment of Nando's there. So Kanks from the Fellowship Podcast asked, Explain why at 38 when I drink any beer, I put brown water all the next day after. Interestingly enough, I have some opinions about that anyway. Um, I think it's to do with uh, the natural diuretics in a beer. Um, so your booze increases your gut motility. And it doesn't really get broken down too much uh, before it reaches the colon. So it's like you're feeding all the bacteria in your colon. So it's like a wee bacteria barbecue and they love it. Um, but it's not really like getting too uh, too broken down. So it stays in like a, a sort of liquidy state. And it can cause like a wee bit of bloating in the stomach area and then diarrhea as well. So the bacteria are just fucking absolutely loving that. And they're just going like, yum, yum. Let me drink all that tasty booze. And then I'm going to repay you with a gassy stomach and liquidy shites. Interestingly enough, um, it got me thinking about the other end of the spectrum as well. We're uh, really, really solid, solid shites. Like, let's get dirty for a second here, boys. Solid shites. Guinness shades. So Guinness, as well know, makes you shit the big turf the next morning just because of the amount of iron present in it. Makes the stool more <laughs> more solid. <laughs> but uh that's that's the crack. It's just it kinda makes it all fucking black just with the amount of iron and stuff we get there. So depend on the different things. Like it's the weediness of the beer and the fiber and stuff like that that makes it lighter, whereas the iron and heftiness of a Guinness makes it heavier. But then it got me thinking, so what was the biggest shite ever recorded? And there was an answer, actually. Somebody's put 26 feet. Um, 26 feet. So, I'm six foot. Let that sink in. Six foot one, sometimes, some days. If I'm having notions about myself, six one. Most of these, six. Straight up six. Somebody's put 26 feet. So, uh, the quote then is in February 1995, working in conjunction with nutritionists at the University of Michigan, Ann Arbor. I adopted a super rich fiber diet, uh, which allowed me to successfully produce a single extruded excrement measuring the exact length of my colon, 26 feet. So that was uh, Michelle Hines from the Hallwall Contemporary Arts. I don't know if it was her specifically, but uh, it was certainly someone on that website there. But um, yeah, so that was the study done by... Uh, University of Michigan. Imagine giving somebody 
a scholarship to go do a, do a course in shite. Isn't that incredible? Oh, yeah. Uh, what do you fancy doing? I, I really want to know. Right. Hear me out. Sit down. I really want to know how long somebody can shite. What's the longest? I mean, we can make big pizza. We can make really long bread that stretches out for fucking miles. But can we shite that long? Like, how, how far can somebody go? Like, what's it calling? No bother. Yeah. Uh, what do you need, like, 50 grand? Let me just write you a check right now. That sounds fascinating. Let's do it. Jesus Christ, like, there's some mad stuff. And then, obviously, that led me on to something else. Let's read about some stinking Guinness World Records. Interesting enough, somebody uh, moved a whole pile of maggots with her mouth. So uh, this is a record for the most amount of maggots moved by the mouth in one hour. It's not totally clear why this record's record-worthy. Like, I don't know why it would be handy to have somebody that could do this. But Charlie Bell, he's a former steel worker. So apparently he uh, has carried two square feet of live maggots in uh, under one hour from one container to another using only his mouth. So he's used his mouth to carry maggots from one container, put them into another container and he's done uh, two square feet of maggots. So if you ever need maggots lifted, call us by up, give them a ring. Just say, here, Charlie, mate, I have uh, fucking a wild pile of magnets. Magnets. Um, wild pile of maggots in the house. They're in one room. It's three square feet. I know we only work with two. I know we only work for two. I'll give you more money. There's an extra fiver in a free. And a cup of tea. Mouthwash. Whatever you need, man. Land around. Let's get them moved. And uh, I just want to move them into the next room as well. Um, just put them in... Just put them in next door. Put them in next door. I know you're you're on about putting them out to the bin, but no, that's not what we're on about here. Just move them from one place to another. Who the fuck? Like, why why would you need to know that? Most cockroaches eaten. Like, somebody's at 36 cockroaches in a minute. Most cow brains eaten. Joey Chestnut, he's called, at 17.7 pounds of cow brains. Which is uh, incredible if you ask me. I wouldn't eat one pound of cow brains, if I'm honest. You can squirt milk out of your eye, apparently. So this is uh, somebody who has actually squirted milk out of his eye at a distance of nine feet. Is a boy from Turkey. Fair play to him. But we'll get into some beer. So this week in beer news, Keir Starmer has visited Brewdog. And basically he's posed with the uh, Barnard Castle Eitess beer, which is the beer Brewdog have brewed um, to celebrate Dominic Cummings doing that delicious 260-mile round trip during lockdown. Remember that? What an absolute prick, like. So uh, for the uninitiated, if you haven't been keeping up with it, where were you? But basically this guy drove... 260 miles during the height of lockdown to uh, visit his parents and basically he said the reason for doing this was uh, for childcare reasons. So apparently his parents were unwell, unable to look after the kid or something like that. So he went down to, to babysit 
And then he said something about an eye test as well. Like he said he couldn't see. So it's like, if you can't see, what's the best thing to do? Uh, oh yeah, get in the car, collect the family and go on a road trip. So then Breedog have done like a like tongue-in-cheek kind of beer um, and named it Bernard Castle Eye Test. I haven't tried it yet, actually. I must try and order some. I know they've done a new batch of it because it was quite popular, as all beer dog or brew dogs are. So uh, it'll be interesting to try some of that. So this is a really good story here. So uh, this is Portland Hospitality Group Chief Stable is teaming up with Culmination Brewing founder Thomas Slater to open a new brewery in Taproom called Craft Beer Collective, or the CBC. And it's going to be located in the former Burnside Brewing and McKellar space in Portland, Oregon. The whole vibe is to uh, have guest taps from local breweries and a wood-fired pizza menu from a top chef. That sounds incredible. Like We need something like that here, where it's like a taproom uh, with just local breweries all over the place. We've got so many fantastic breweries here. Um, I know like the closest we have to it at the minute is Northern Lights up the Armour Road. Um, fair enough, it's all Galway Bay on tap there. There's some guest taps as well. There was like, we had Big Smoke. Or was it Big Smoke? Um, I can't remember the name of it. There's some guest taps, but it's mostly like Galway Bay stuff. Um, always, always fucking delicious and it's a great bar anyway, but that's sort of the closest we have there. Um, to something like that, but that'd be incredible just to have a big, huge, like, beer with, like, 20 taps, 20 to 30 taps or something like that, and it's all local. You know, it'd be incredible. But uh, hopefully someday, you know, we're getting better here. We're getting far, far better. Um, you can now order from, like, breweries directly online and stuff, so that sounds incredible. Um, I'd absolutely love to go there. You know, beer news, there's calls for the Australian government to scrap the beer tax increase in August. So, as you know yourselves, probably, Germany set their beer tax to zero to help uh, local breweries survive the lockdown. Just, uh, there's just no money coming in, basically. So, uh, Germany lowered the beer tax to zero. Um, Britain froze their tax, so you're still paying the same amount of tax, but at least it's not going up sort of thing. Decent enough, but Australia are actually hiking theirs in August. Um, so they're calling now for them to to scrap it all together. Um, so it'll be interesting. We're going to follow that story and keep you updated as well as we go along. But at the minute, they're kind of lobbying the government to try and like get rid of the, the hike in August there. <laughs> Wouldn't be a beer podcast without it. Let's wrap up and let's talk about the beer then. So this week I've been drinking the Galway Hooker Mango New England APA 5.3% ABV and it is lovely. It comes in a 440ml can, um, quite a nice wee can as well. It's like a gold colour with a, an octopus in the front. Could actually be Cthulhu because um, the octopus looks to be like attacking ships and stuff like that there in the front of the bottle. Um, also, it's attacking a really large mango. <laughs> so there you go, ships and mango. Uh, 
this has been pleasant straight away. I'm just going to give it a 3.8 out of 5, I reckon. It's really light. It's really, like, florally and citrusy and hoppy. I didn't really get a whole pile of, like, mango from it. Um, there's a light kind of mango. There's more grapefruit sort of notes and a bit of papaya and stuff like that on it. Um, it's really juicy and also... Uh, like a wee bit hoppy. There's a, a nice caramel sort of tint to it as well, I think. it's there, It's got this wee sweetness and bitterness. And I'm a big fan of it, actually. Yeah, so 3.8 out of 5. Um, yeah, definitely pick one up. I enjoy that so much. I'd love to have it in draft once we're able to get back to like bars like properly. And really hit the hit the sesh. Um, I'll be trying to find it in draft for sure. Like. But that wraps it up for this week. Uh, next week, Stu will be back. And we'll be talking about all the crack of the week. Having a beer together. And yeah, we'll see where it goes from there. In the meantime, check out com on Mondays and Wednesdays. Where there's new review. Review from me on Wednesday. And then Stu's review comes out on a Monday. Because that's how the days of the week work. It's uh, 3 two, one Wednesday, Tuesday, Monday. And also uh, check us out on social media. Cans Across the World on Facebook and Instagram. C-A-T-W blog on Twitter. And then your TikTok and Pornhub everywhere. Like if there's a platform we're not on, let us know. We'll get on it. Because we want to be everywhere all the time. Anyway, hopefully you've enjoyed this week's Cans Across the World podcast. Have a great weekend, great week, and we'll chat to you again next week.